0: phone notebook Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Wednesday, September 1st. We begin with a look at the many myths surrounding COVID-19 and the pandemic in general. We do some COVID myth-busting with Dr. Craig Janney, infectious disease specialist from the University of Calgary.
1: Next, we hear details on a new, first-of-its-kind initiative aimed at creating sexual harassment-free workplaces. We speak with the Director of Strategic Initiatives from the Association of Alberta Sexual Assault Services about what makes this new program unique and how exactly it works works.
0: We use them every day and rely on them in many different ways, but do our smartphones actually make us smarter? We discuss with a PhD candidate from the University of Toronto.
1: And finally, summer's not over yet. Looking to get out and enjoy the great outdoors and hear some live music at the same time? Well, we've got you covered. We hear about next weekend's Roots, Blues and Barbecue Music Festival taking place at the beautiful Badlands Amphitheatre in Drumheller.
0: Since the start of the pandemic, we've been posing your COVID-19 questions to our expert and associate professor of the Department of Microbiology, Immunology and Infectious Diseases at the University of California. Dr. Craig Janney. And today is no different. If you have any questions, let us know on the text line 403-974-8255. But particularly today, the most uh, well, outrageous thing you've heard that you need some clarification on today, focusing on the many myths surrounding COVID-19. You can think of it as myth busting the COVID edition. Good morning to you, Dr. Janney. Good morning. We had a list prepared, but we got a fresh one this morning. We're going to kick off with this text for you, Dr. Janney. Are you ready? I hope so. (laughs) Morning, guys. What would you say if I told you that the vaccines are only saline water? We have no idea what's in them. No one is testing them. I've researched Pfizer. There's no proper list of what is in the vaccine. So where is the proof, Dr. Janney?
2: if you uh, go to health canada they actually have the the what we call the drug um, uh, monolith the 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 insert that's in the drug it's publicly available every ingredient is in there yes there's actually a lot of saline i mean these are largely saline just as you know we're joking before uh you know beer and wine are largely saline it's a little bit that's not saline that makes the difference so um yeah most of the injection is saline that's what we use to deliver it but in that at least the pfizer are little droplets of fat that then contain the the material your body needs to make the viral protein So they they work, they contain uh, RNA, they contain what we call lipid, and they contain some adjuvant. And that is all the immune system needs to generate a memory and an immune response. So each of the drugs approved in Canada, if you go to the Health Canada website, their product sheets with every single ingredient are publicly available. You can download them, review them, and cross-reference the ingredients uh, through any database.
1: All right, there's one off the list. Bust bust this myth, Dr. Janney. Taking horse dewormer pills yeah. that I got at the feed store will fight off COVID, yeah. and the medical world is hiding the truth about this drug from us.
2: Yeah, I mean, this, this is an interesting one. And, and I will admit, I, I'm pretty disappointed that ivermectin didn't work because it, it is a, a, an available treatment, much the same way as we... we, we found a a bit of a response with steroids earlier. And we do now use steroids because we had early results. We went into clinical trial and tested it, and it turns out that they're protective. There was some early evidence, and this largely comes from growing cells in a Petri dish, that ivermectin can slow down viral replication, which is really the goal. If we can slow the virus Mm -hmm. down, our immune system will win. So this was really encouraging results, but there's a couple problems with that. it was using non-human cells so you know we we can treat other animals for some infections but they don't always work in people so the petri dish was non-human cells and the petri dish needed 50 times more drug than what is safe for a human to take so if we give a lot of drug we can slow down viral replication but we can't deliver that much drug to people safely But it was encouraging, so they did launch, I I believe the last count was about 55 human clinical trials, and about 15 have completed, including some in Canada. And when we do a proper trial where people that come to the hospital are either assigned a placebo or a control drug or ivermectin, the outcome unfortunately was not different between the two groups, which Mm -hmm. means ivermectin did not protect anybody if they were given that when they arrived at the hospital.
0: How about this one, uh, Doctor Jenny? The vaccinate, the vaccination will kill you in three to five years.
2: I, <laughs> I have no idea where where they would be um, getting information of that nature. Uh, we've been using this vaccine strategy in the lab now for a number of years to develop veterinary vaccines. the the, the, whole, the, the core of this. used to understand broad uh, uh, diseases that threaten food stock and that allowed us years and years of experience with the technology allowed us to adapt it to a human pathogen so we know it doesn't kill people we know it doesn't kill animals uh it uses much the same strategy as our current vaccines it just delivers the information in a different way and you know our current vaccines don't kill us either so there's absolutely no evidence out there that there is any risk whatsoever from these vaccines.
1: Are you talking about the mRNA technology? Yeah, and even the
2: the, the, uh, AstraZeneca vaccine. So the AstraZeneca vaccine actually uses a technology we currently use to treat cancer patients, so a viral delivery. And and we've got years and years of experience with these platforms. It's just they've now been repurposed to address the current infection. So we're we're very confident in the safety of these platforms. And the mRNA vaccines are, in fact, cleared from your body within a matter of days. And all that's left is your immune memory.
1: Dr. Janney, we've got a few more questions. Hopefully you can bust those myths sure. as well. If you can stick around, we'll do a couple of commercials. Thank you so much. Dr. Craig Janney is Associate Professor, Department of Microbiology, Immunology, Infectious Diseases at the U of C. And we'll be right back with us.
0: Our time's super limited with Dr. Craig Janney, Infectious Disease Specialist from the University of Calgary. We're COVID myth-busting this morning, so we got to do some rapid fire at you here, Dr. Janney. Here's another one that we've had uh, more than a few times. Why are people so worried about getting COVID? There's a 99.7% survival rate, so we shouldn't be worried, Dr. Jen.
2: Yeah, so I I think that, you know, some of these arguments uh, come from people that perhaps um, are not putting that in in perspective. So the number sounds great. It it really does. It sounds like a fantastic survival rate. But if you consider that there's four-and-a-half million people in Alberta, you know, a a 1% fatality rate would just be absolutely devastating. You know, we'd be talking about uh, 45,000 people in our community losing their lives, which is just unacceptable. So yeah, 99% sounds great for the individual, or or 99.5 or 0.6 sounds good for the individual. But, you know, on a a community scale, it really puts it in perspective. We would be losing an entire small city if we let this run through the population. So that is just, you know, this is a deadly infectious disease.
1: How about this one? And we hear this a lot. The vaccination will cause infertility in women.
2: So, once again, we've seen no evidence of this whatsoever. And, in fact, the... the, The medical bodies here in Canada, so the the Canadian uh, Association of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, are recommending vaccination. We've had a number of people that have either become pregnant during the clinical trials that were conducted last year in in the UK and in Europe, or have since become pregnant, and and we've not seen any evidence or any uh, indication at all that there's impact on fertility.
0: As we know, Edmonton has mandated masks once again starting this Friday. It's potentially on the table uh, this Friday here in front of our city council. We get this one a lot. We don't need to mandate masks. Mask wearing does not prevent the spread of COVID-19.
2: So we have very good evidence that it does. We we, we can do direct studies in, for example, the United States where counties that are next door to each other either had mask bylaws or not. And the infection rate differed by, in some cases, about tenfold. We know that when we have brought in mask guidance here in Alberta, we've had impacts on uh, daily new case rates and critically in places where perhaps it's easier to measure, and that is masks within school systems have really reduced the number of classroom outbreaks and, and school-wide outbreaks, which is, again, pretty good evidence that wearing a mask is effective. Now. It's not 100% effective, and, and in reality, there is nothing that's 100% effective. But as part of a layered approach, they're absolutely a powerful tool. And really, in my opinion, they're one of the least invasive things we can do.
1: Last question for you, Dr. Janney. Getting COVID itself provides better immunity than getting a vaccination. So.
2: This is a a great question, and this is one we can go on for about a half hour on. Um, There is some evidence, at least with the Delta, that that you do get really good immunity uh, after infection. The question is how long does it last, and at least infections with the original strain last year in 2020 showed that it did not last as long as vaccination. We also know that when you're infected with a natural strain, it's actually less protective against the variants, so your body gets really good at the strain you were infected with, but it's not as good when that virus changes and the vaccines have actually provided really good coverage. And then the final piece is in order to get that natural immunity, you actually have to get infected and risk either death as, you know, the worst possible outcome, but intensive care unit admission, long-haul COVID, infecting your friends, family, neighbours, those are all things that don't happen when you get the vaccine. So you might get natural immunity it doesn't appear to last as long not as good against variants and to get there poses a number of risks before you have that protection so um you know th- there is some protection but it is far safer to get that protection through a vaccine
1: great myth busting dr janey just out of curiosity quick answer how long did you go to school for
2: long <laughs> uh
1: many years many
2: many many still honestly in school i mean that's the nice thing about science is we continue to learn we continue to read continue to see the data and and understand better uh every year that goes by what, what's happening in our bodies
0: thank you so much we appreciate it uh, so many <laughs> questions answered thank you you're
2: your welcome questions. guys take care
0: Dr. Craig Janney, and uh, he did uh, go to school as he's now an associate professor, Department Mm -hmm. of Microbiology, Immunology, and Infectious Diseases at the University of Calgary.
1: As workplace sexual harassment remains a persistent problem affecting one in five Alberta workers is a new campaign led by the Association of Alberta Sexual Assault Services in partnership with Justice Canada, focusing on what may be the missing link, workplace culture. With details on this new campaign, we're joined this morning by Corinne Ofstie, Director of Strategic Initiatives at AASAS. Good morning to you, Corinne. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Let's get into it. Tell us about this three-year campaign you've launched called Hashtag Moments Matter. You bet.
3: Moments Matter is a three-year province-wide engagement and awareness campaign that's celebrating leaders in Alberta who are taking a personal role in promoting positive and respectful workplace cultures because they keep workers healthy and safe, but they stop, help stop sexual harassment.
0: Uh, Corinne, you mentioned that this is a three-year campaign and uh, moving ahead, and I'm wondering, is this kind of the first of its kind in the sense that what was done before at the workplace to, to, to kind of promote this and ensure that uh, workers felt comfortable and had support?
3: campaign is really unique and exciting and it's quite different because traditional approaches to workplace sexual harassment typically focus on what not to do. They tell you what sexual harassment is not to do it and what the consequences will be if you do. We're different because we're focusing less on that and focusing more on what to do and showcasing and promoting positive behavior and promoting positive workplace cultures one moment at a time.
1: So, how do you get into those cultures, those workplace cultures? What do you talk about? I mean, you, you at some point have to bring up the issue of sexual harassment and, and talk about, you know, what, what should not be done, don't you, in order to teach people how better to behave? Or is that, does that just go against what, what, what you're trying to talk about here?
3: No, absolutely. You know, these traditional approaches to workplace sexual harassment have been doing that for decades. And while it's very important, it's not preventing sexual harassment from occurring in the first place. Mm-hmm. So while we are talking about sexual harassment, what it is and how important it is to address it, focusing on instead on, on what we can do to stop it, which is, you know, positive, respectful behavior, sharing the stories at work of these moments that matter and promoting positive workplace cultures. That ultimately prevents this conduct, comments, and behavior like sexual harassment.
0: And it has to be, I I would think, something quite comprehensive because, uh, you know, Corinne, every office is different. And when you say sexual harassment, uh, 22% of workers in Alberta, as you mentioned, one in five has been sexually harassed at work. Mm -hmm. That can look many different ways, can't it? It's not black and white.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Sexual harassment exists on a spectrum of behavior and, and most of us figure that we are either outside of this issue, we're not impacted by it, or it's not something that we would ever do. And so we're really focused on engaging people on what, what, how they do see themselves and promoting positive behavior because we know it's really the best way of creating more moments that matter in workplaces and creating that environment of safety, support, respect. Um, that addresses and prevents sexual
1: harassment you know it makes sense Corinne I'm just thinking back to we've had experts come on uh, and talk about you know how best to deal with kids right and you you can Mm -hmm. even kind of take it back to that is teaching them in a positive way as opposed to saying don't do this you can talk about you know this is a better way to behave or maybe if we look at it this way so I I see what you're saying You, you know kind of Curing a problem, or hopefully working towards a cure of a problem, but doing it in a positive way gives people more of an idea of how they should act, right? You bet. Our approach is informed by behavioral sciences
3: and social norms marketing that tell us that people are motivated by positive feelings, right, to, to change behavior. And we learned that, you know, traditional approaches to workplace sexual harassment, Albertans have indicated that just 6% of them said that it actually told them how to address sexual harassment. And then just 4% said that it inspired them to intervene or speak up against them mm-hmm. when they're witnessing it, right? So we're trying to take a different approach to foster greater engagement and momentum um, towards the change that we all want to see.
0: And I know, Corinne, that your focus is Alberta-specific, but I'm wondering when you, you drop a stat like 20%, Mm-hmm. Uh, one in five Alberta workers, does, does that compare across the nation or, or do we stand out? Where do we fall within, within Canada? Yeah, workplace
3: sexual harassment is a prevalent issue in Alberta, but it's prevalent across Canada and, and across the world. You know, we looked at research literature um, that did studies on workplace sexual harassment. We learned that it is prevalent across sectors and in communities and that rates of it haven't really changed much in decades, despite our best efforts. And so that's why we're seeking to kind of engage Albertan specifically, because that's our focus area.
1: That's our community that we're working in um, to to change that. So if you're being proactive, are you going into workplaces, businesses, companies to try and spread this message? Or are you waiting for people to come to um, the association to deal with issues?
3: We're doing a lot of outreach. We want to engage as many employer partners as possible to join this campaign. And already we launched yesterday and we have 51 campaign partners from the for-profit, not-for-profit, post-secondary institutions, education and municipality sectors. We're engaging them to go to our website, which is momentsmatter.info, join our leaderboard, access our resources and information to implement this campaign within our organizations. And then we're also doing outreach digital advertising to promote Moments Matter to the public. We're engaging Albertans to share their positive work stories with each other, with us over social, using Moments Matter AD, and through our website so that we can amplify these positive work stories.
0: Love it. So I'm looking and the website is c a. Is it as simple as if I run a company, you know, have an organization and I want more information, I hop online and can implement these things? Or or do I reach out and ask for some resources?
3: You bet. Our website is asaf.ca, but the campaign website is momentsmatter.info. And on that website, that's where people can share their positive work stories with us. They can uh, join the leaderboard, join the campaign, sign up to receive information and campaign updates. They can also download a digital toolkit of all of our free creative campaign assets, engagement tools, resources, and information for this campaign. Uh, However, we are promoting it through traditional media like today, through digital advertising. In June, we hosted 10 information sessions with over 250 Albertans, and we plan to be hosting more information sessions in the future. And of course, I'm actively um, recruiting um, employer partners to join this campaign.
1: Love it. A positive way to go after, to try and solve what is a very serious problem and has been for a long time. So a new approach, it's brilliant. Momentsmatter.info is the website. Go for more information. Momentsmatter is the hashtag as well. Thanks for joining us, Corinne. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Sue and Andy. Thank you. Corinne Ofstey is a Director of Strategic Initiatives at AASAS. Well, we're using and relying uh, on our phones so much more, more so than ever now, but the use of technology could actually be making us smarter. Hmm. With the details, we're joined this morning by Lorenzo Chacuti, who is a PhD candidate of marketing at the University of Toronto. Good morning, Lorenzo. Thanks for joining us. Good morning,
4: Sue. Thank you. Okay. And hi, Andy.
1: This goes against Lorenzo everything that we always hear. Oh, you know, when people are—they're just not as smart. They don't know how to spell. They're—they're they're dumb because they're spending so much time on their phones. But you say not so much.
4: That's right. Um, there is uh, this sort of intergenerational narrative, um, which is not unique to techno- uh, to the technology of smartphones, by the way. Uh, it happened for previous big technologies uh, such as writing, printing, you know, telephone, even radio. And uh, people were worried about the cognitive impact of these new technology on the next generation. Um, And there is also academic research, which we reviewed, that uh, seemed to point into this direction. Um, But there are some caveats, which is why we say, uh, taken all together, this evidence doesn't really show that technology makes us less smart. And there could be theoretical reasons for why it actually improves our cognition.
1: Oh, few
0: could could part of it, Lorenzo, be the time-saving aspect. So, for example, you know, not having to flip through a you know open your briefcase, flip through a calendar to see where you you know where you have to be. You can just have it on your phone, and you know, maybe even have a reminder set. So, as far as streamlining our schedules, for example,
4: that's right. Um, so, if you take a view of uh, cognitive activity, that is not simply based on what is happening internally inside your head and takes a broader perspective, which is actually um, basically what the founding fathers of psychologists were telling us to do, uh, which are often paraphrased to say, thinking is for doing. So, if you look at thinking as, uh, you know, the goals that we're trying to achieve through uh, a cognitive activity, then you will see that um, technology is actually helping us, is making us uh, do things more efficiently and faster, Uh, And that is because it allows us to free up cognitive capacity by, like you said, committing reminders to uh, smartphones, to kind our uh, our appointments, and these reminders are, uh, you know, they come up to us faster, and uh, we don't forget them, which is uh, also very important.
1: So we don't have to remember certain things like we used to have to remember phone numbers. We don't have to remember things the way we used to, but it doesn't mean we don't have the ability to do so when we do need that, correct?
4: Exactly. So that's a that's a very good point. So what we notice from the scientific evidence is that most of the studies that are showing negative effects of um, smartphones on uh, they show momentary effects, um, they're We haven't really come across many studies showing that there are long-term negative effects on cognition. They don't seem to make us dumber. Um, And we always have this choice, right? So if we do not want to, if we are particularly, if a phone number is particularly important to us, then we will uh, remember it. We will uh, commit it to long-term memory. However, in our daily life, we have hundreds and hundreds of phone numbers that we, we need to store, we need to remember. And if we had to walk around with all this information in our head and, and, and more because of all the calendar appointments and everything else, um, it, would, you know, it would probably significantly lower our cognitive capacity, uh, which is why uh, smartphones can actually help us.
0: It's interesting to me because they can help us uh, but when they're in our possession to a certain extent, Lorenzo, in that without the smartphone, it's almost like defending yourself with a shield. It's fine to, you know, defend yourself from that, uh, sword fight. Cause got that shield with you, but when you don't have the shield, uh, you're, you're kind of left open. So, uh, I, I guess it's under the presumption that we have the phone with us at all times and it's, you know, integrated in part of our lives.
4: That's right. So that's a very good point. So if, the we do lose our smartphone or we forget to bring it with us for one day, uh, you will notice that there are a lot of uh, things that you need to adjust, right? That you're used to doing things in a certain way. And um, for example, you would not be able to remember a phone number, which is sometimes very important. Um, However, you will also notice that cognitively you're able to adjust. You're able to find solutions that even if you did not have your smartphone with you, you will still find a way to achieve your goals. So in that sense, um, which is why we say, you know, most of these effects seem to be temporary. They're dependent on whether we have access to the technology or not. Uh, And we do show this kind of cognitive flexibility um,
1: where if we
4: do not have access to our smartphone, we're still perfectly cognitively capable
1: we're capable that's good news uh, can you tell us lorenzo is there one thing do you th- do you think through your research and all that, what you've done here to you know to share this information with us is there one thing that smartphones or technology has given us as a gift one one positive the biggest one that comes out of it what's what struck you the most uh,
4: to me is the fact that if you look at uh, sort of smartphone and digital technology more broadly which is also computing technologies like computers so one thing that enables us is not just to make our lives more convenient to offload, uh, so to speak, uh, cognitive tasks, so like uh, reminders, kind of reminders, or things like that. It actually extends our cognitive capacity. An example of this is not very commonplace, but is how um, in mathematics, sometimes it's not possible to reach an analytic solution. So it, it's not, which is a very elegant solution, uh, which we can uh, do logic. But uh, through computing, we can simulate. We can simulate a number of possible solutions, uh, which often are, are, are a lot, uh, which it would be very hard to do, uh, you know, mentally to, and would take a, a very, very long time many years, and a lot of um, cognitive capacity to reach the solution. Um, but through computing, this allows us to, to to reach that, which is just so to speak that science actually benefits a lot uh, from these technological advances. Um, and cognitively, we can extend our cognitive capacity to reach goals that previously we couldn't uh, without
0: technology. Lorenzo, uh, very insightful, mm-hmm. and it's the way we live today. We appreciate your time.
4: Thank you, thank you for giving me this opportunity.
0: That's Lorenzo Chacuti, a PhD candidate from marketing at the University of Toronto, and it's it brings me back to the times where, you know, in school they said, um, you know, you have to calculate this problem without you when well, you've got your calculator, uh, but you have to do it without it. Right. And you're thinking, well, I've got this calculator. Well, why I'll have the calculator. Wouldn't the I? Teacher used to say. You know, you're not going to have that calculator with you at all times. Oh. Well, I think I got the last laugh, teacher, because now my phone has a calculator. <laughs> there was a gap for people like you and I. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for kids these days, whether it's an iPod or a phone, they're never without it. They've always it. got the calculator. And so that's just a
1: reality. You that's, have to understand that. Yeah, not going to change for sure. So we're not, we're not dumber. No, apparently not. That's good news. The sweet sound of the blues will again be echoing through the Canadian Badlands. It's next month as the Badlands Amphitheatre hosts the 2021 Roots Blues and Barbecue Music Festival in Drumheller. It's coming up Saturday, September 11th. And joining us with all the details is the executive director of Badlands Amp, Vance Newdorf. Hi, Vance.
5: Good morning, Sue and Andy.
1: Well, good morning and congratulations. I'm sure you're happy it is back. It is such a great venue to start with and such a fun event. So tell us about this one. If folks haven't been, why they need to go.
5: Well, yeah, like you said, it's a fantastic venue.
1: Oh, we're losing events. Can't hear you very well. Can you start that again? Sorry.
5: No problem. Yeah, no, it's a 2,400-seat outdoor beautiful amphitheater in Drumheller. And uh, it's just a great place to be uh, for a concert. The acoustics are fantastic, uh, very homey and friendly. And, uh, yeah, we're only going to be one-third capacity, lots of rooms, so hope people could join us.
0: You know, when you say Roots and Blues, I think we have an impression of, of the style of music, but it can be quite wide, can't it, the appeal and the style under the Roots and Blues umbrella?
5: Oh, for sure. And the lineup this year knows that. I mean, we've got Matt Anderson. He's just this powerhouse Canadian blues guitarist. He's from New Brunswick. We've got the Hello Darlings. from; They're more of a roots ensemble. They're from Calgary. Uh, Dawn Tyler Watson from Montreal. She's a Blues Album of the Year winner for Juno. And Blue Blue Moon Marquis. They're kind of more jazzy from Vancouver Island. Just this cross-section, and it's fantastic entertainment.
1: Vance, obviously the venue's important, the music is important, but part of your title also says barbecue, so tell us about the <laughs> food aspect of it.
5: Yeah, that's for sure. We love this because uh, we combine these together, and the barbecue this year is a pre-order boxed barbecue dinner, uh, ribs and uh, chicken skewers and baked beans, and it's just this wonderful infusion of these different flavors that we put together into this boxed barbecue dinner.
0: You know, I'm looking at the website, uh, uh, badlandsamp.com, and you see the picture. So I I can't exactly paint it with my words. How would you describe the setting? Because it is absolutely one of a kind.
5: It is one of a kind. And and people, you look at it online, that's one way to experience it. But when you walk into that amphitheater and you're surrounded by this, it's almost like this tableau that's been painted around you. And uh, you're just immersed into this Badlands setting, And people just go, this is incredible. Uh, Some people have said, boy, I just got goosebumps walking through those gates.
1: Fantastic. Tickets, $100 each. That includes your parking pass, your barbecue, dinner, a drink ticket, and all the great music. We'll send people once again for info and tickets to BadlandsAmp.com. Thanks, Vance.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. Good morning. It. You
1: too, Vance Newdorf is the executive director of Badlands Amp.
0: Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast.
1: Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts.
0: And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.